Welcome to Bottle of White, Bottle of Red, the podcast that pairs the albums of Billy Joel with fine wines. From Cold Spring Harbor to the River of Dreams, grab a glass of your favorite vino and let's dive into the work of the Piano Man. Welcome to Bottle of White, Bottle of Red, a podcast about Billy Joel and fine wines. I'm Corey Cavan. And I am Bill Grandberg. And welcome to our second episode. That's right. Uh, welcome back. If you're just joining us for episode two. That's right. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, uh, go back to episode one. Listen to episode one. Cold or, you know, I, I don't think there's like a continuity that people have to understand. To, you know. Yeah. No, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a kind, I guess you could technically jump in at any point. Yeah. The hope is that we would figure out what we're doing more as we go along. Not that we don't already know, but I wonder if you get later yeah. that would be like, oh, this kind of makes sense. But I guess, no, I guess it would be, you can jump in any time. Just like you can jump into the music of Billy Joel at any time. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, right. you are just joining us. For the second episode, mm -hmm. you go back to the first episode, you will know what this podcast is about, which is that we are we are dipping it's in a podcast about our first episode. Podcast about our first episode. That's what the second episode is about. Um, we're dipping into the world of Billy Joel, album by album. And while we're doing that, we are pairing uh, a, a white wine and a red wine, a bottle of white and a bottle of red yes. with every album. Yes. Side uh, side one for those of you uh on the vinyl train, side one is the white, side two is the red. That's right. That's right. So today, we uh, last time, like we said, we did Cold Spring Harbor, mm -hmm. BJ's first album. Uh, you like we covered, you know, tons of crazy stuff with that. It was sped up, all that. Mm -hmm. uh, now we're getting into Piano Man. Yeah. And you know, before we do that, I think that we should go ahead and get into our wines. Yeah. Our wines. As we said last time, we're provided by Celery Wines, Celery Wine Shop in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, and we, we have a little bit about the wines today. Uh, Celery's been, they're an amazing wine store. If you live in New York, if you live in Brooklyn, you should definitely go there and get your wine. Uh, and let's hear a little bit about the two wines that are paired for our episode right now. Hi, Corey and Bill. Catherine here from Celery. We chose these wines because they were from California, which is where Billy Joel spent some time as a piano man. So jumping into the bottle of white, uh, this is a Pinot Gris from Jolie Lade. Uh, Jolie Lade translates to uh, pretty ugly, which is a French term of endearment, meaning um, unconventionally attractive. Uh, these guys are, are working uh, in a very low intervention way. You could call them natural producers. They're not inoculating with any yeast. Um, their wines are so gorgeous. Pinot Gris is actually a, a genetically a red grape. It has a little bit of a copper color skin. Um, this wine spends a few days between the, the juices and the skin, which does impart some of that, that shade of pink, that kind of penny pink. Uh, it's so, so pretty. You get really lush texture, a little bit of melon, some subtle citrus. I hope you enjoy every drop. Hey, hey before you do that, let's, let's get a little sound effect about what's about to happen. Put this up to the mic right now. Oh, the, the wine cork. Yeah, here we go. This here's, is very important. We had, side, I think we had a screw top last time. We did. So. Here's side one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, pour me up, Bill. I love it. Um, pour me up, glass. Bill. And, and tell me what you're seeing coming out of that as you pour. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, wow. Um, 
I am almost seeing a rosé. This is a very, very yep. blush white wine. Yep. Um, so Pinot Gris, I mean, Pinot Gris is a pretty good wine. I'm very excited to try this, especially because I haven't tried a skin contact. Yeah. First, yeah. But. If you were, uh, so cheers it up. Cheers. And uh, let's go ahead and take a sniff. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. That is that is weird. That's in a good way. Yeah. What's interesting is, you know, we talked about this a little last week. The earthiness is the first thing I, I kind of feel, and that mm -hmm. might be from the skin, but not something that you normally associate with a, a California. No. You know, we have to mention that, you know, obviously wine and Billy Joel albums, we're not going to make a direct connection every time, but, right. you know, thematically we're really trying to, you know, make our choices reflect what we're going to be talking about. Yeah. And both of the wines we're doing today are California um, and they're young. And uh, Billy Joel, when he made Piano Man, he was in California. Mm -hmm. um, he had, you know, left the wonderful uh, record company of Mr. Uh, uh, <laughs> Mr. Zip or Ziff. Uh, Artie, Artie, Artie Rip. Artie Rip. Artie Rip is the guy who recorded Cold Spring Harbor, mm -hmm. uh, as as you know from our first episode, family Cold Spring Harbor, the, uh, Family Records, yeah. and uh, yeah, Artie Rip in uh, Long Island recorded his. Yeah. Billy Joel has left them now. He has left them, and he has signed with Columbia, yep. uh, which he will remain with for the entirety of his career. Yeah, yeah, which is yeah, that's it's pretty wild to be with like one thing. I, I read which is some, odd because I you know I, from the record world, Columbia tends to be one of those. Bob Dylan was Columbia his entire you know catalog. Huh. Um, Miles Davis was Columbia up until the last couple. Uh, Johnny Cash has been Columbia pretty much wow. since after the sun years. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. For some reason, Columbia has a, a longevity in the in the record world. Okay, we need to talk about the cover of oh this album. Okay, <laughs> the cover, <laughs> the cover of the album. You should pull that up yeah. uh, if if you're listening to this. Um, cover of the album is a black and white photo. Not entirely. Okay, yeah, let's talk about it. You yeah. talk about it first. Um, it is it is essentially a a kind of black and white uh, cover, except on most of the early pressings, and you can really see this on the twelve inch vinyl covers. Uh, there is a little splash of color, which is the hazel of his eyes. Wow. Uh, it, so yeah, it's definitely got a little bit of like it almost looks like a dramatic Lion King. Yeah, sort of like it looks like Simba or something like that. Yeah. He's got this kind of mane of hair going on <laughs> and he it, like, I think we talked about this last time, but yeah. like Billy Joel is, um, I, I don't mean this like in any way that I'm not trying to knock on him. I don't oh, know. If, I don't know if he's like a classically <laughs> handsome no, you, guy. I, I, look, like, I, like I'm saying, look, I, he's, I'm, I'm not a movie star. Mm -hmm. We, we, you know, we're doing, we're doing an audio format. People may say we have faces for radio. Mm -hmm. Who knows? But like Billy Joel in this picture yeah, it's like it yeah. al he almost looks a little cartoony. I mean, he it, it he looks like a ghost. <laughs> like he looks like a, a mm -hmm. like a developed picture of like oh this was the wraith in the closet the entire time while we slept in that abandoned castle. Like, like we got some old photos developed and this yeah. was like the pictures of the coat closet and this was yeah. what was in there. Yeah. I don't think it's unfair. I mean, obviously I think we'd love to have Mr. Joel on our show. We don't want to offend him, sure. but I do think it's worth noting that in terms of, you know, music being this kind of young person's, this pretty person's pop music, especially mm -hmm. this kind of 
good looking person's game, mm-hmm. he was not conventionally attractive. Yet yeah, here he yeah. is. This was this is the face he's presenting the world uh, on his first major label debut. Let's get right into the songs. Yeah, song number one, side one, yeah. traveling prayer. Traveling prayer. Oh my gosh, dude, this song. <laughs> Like you, okay, you come back from Cold yeah. Spring Harbor. Yeah, a lot of piano because he's Billy Joel. Right. But dude, this song, yeah. th- this song is like, I feel like I'm like on the road with like American Tail, an American Tail, yeah. like a Disney thing. There's it's a like lot going bounty. on here. There's, there's a banjo. There are a lot of different styles. I think I think you're starting right off with these hi hat sixteenth notes. Mm-hmm. This kind of very shuffling, like. It actually, it, listening to it, it really reminded me of another song from this era, which is uh, King of the World by Steely Dan. Well, I mean, let's just hear a tiny bit of like, yeah, of what it starts. Here's the 16th note you're talking about. Yeah. And then bass line. Yeah. So no piano that's, yet. That's the straight up hoedown. It is a hoedown. Yeah. People got their overalls that on. That could on like a jug and it would have been the <laughs> same. Someone is playing... <laughs> Someone is playing a jug. So that's what I'm saying. Like this yeah. reminds me of uh this reminds me of um Yeah. What is it? There's like a there's some Disney like Mississippi jug band uh that's like oh, the, yeah. the Christmas jug band or whatever. Yeah. What's it called? Uh-huh. Uh Elmer uh Epen Omers, I don't know. The it, otter, yeah. Something like Elmer Emmett, Otters. Emmett Otter I, Emmett Otters. Emmett uh, Emmett Otters Jug Band Christmas. That's I feel like that these are the uh, these are the characters from that that are his band. Um, okay, we we have a lot to get to, but I want to talk about my favorite part of this. Can I, can I very yeah. quickly? I just yeah. you know this was on my mind. Um, you know, there's a, there's a whole other podcast to do about Steely Dan, which yeah, sure. you know another like I you know between if you if you told someone your two favorite artists were Billy Joel and Steely Dan, uh, yeah, you. I reckon, I reckon you get your ass kicked for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, something like that. Um, but so Steely Dan, same year, 1973, and this is King of the World. It's the final track on Countdown to Ecstasy. I can't help but think of some similarities. Okay, this is a Steely Dan song. It's a little funkier bass. Oh, yeah. And that's the piano. Yeah. I feel like the songs have very... Very yeah. much so. What year was that? 73. It was July 73. So... Wow. Yeah. That is crazy. So that is like... We yeah. talked about this last time, but like it makes me wonder... I wonder what was going on in the music world. And that's one of the things going on in the music world. Mm-hmm. Well, a question... Well, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, we talked about Hoedown. We talked about <laughs> Emmett Otter. Um, the, Sorry. The two, uh, the two people to cover... This song um, are Earl Scruggs and Dolly Parton. Get out of here. So it is like kind of a country song. Yeah. And that brings me to this point. I didn't expect this at all. This is one of my favorite things. This just happens at the end of the song. Someone just busts out a jaw harp. Do you think Joel was playing the jaw harp? I don't know who was. I don't know if he was. Like if you... If you played someone, what wait, I just played. Wait, hold on. It, I thought it was a, is it not? <sighs> so here's the it's thing. It's not a let's, two harp. Let's, is, it, are we, is it, I don't know the correct. So the, I would say the politically incorrect 
we we got to get into it. The politically incorrect. I, no, you're absolutely right. And I thought about that. And I actually, when I listened to it this week, I was like, I, yeah. We I'm about. like, is Corey like one of those people who's like, uh, Ur- Uranus, the uh, <laughs> fifth planet from the sun? It's like, okay. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, um, there. So that instrument, it, uh, you know what? You look on Wikipedia. Yeah. It says the Jew's harp, okay. also known as a jaw harp, a mouth harp, a Gilgal. Oh, yeah. A Goombard, a Homos, <laughs> a Trump, Uh-oh. an Ozark harp, a Galatian harp, or a Marchunga mm. is a, and then it's like, it's an instrument, it describes it. Jews harps may be categorized as an idioglot or heteroglot by the same frame. Okay, so, so yeah, I don't know how, I, I figured, I, when I was growing up, I heard people call it a Jews harp. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I feel really weird calling it a Jews harp. I I've always just known it as <laughs> me too. That me and too. It, and it was also just one of those things where I'm like, I, there's a story behind this. Yeah. I think enough time has passed that we don't need to have the story. We can just yeah. But you know, I it, mean, but it sounds like it has hundreds of names that you know. Yeah, I mean, could it, be offensive to many people. Very much like so. Goom, Goombo. Yeah, I mean, like it's Trump. <laughs> I'm sure, like I, some of these words are offensive to people. If someone no was what. like, "Hey, do you guys want to hear me play my Ozark harp?" Oh, you mean your Trump? No, nah, yeah. man, you're your Merchunga. You mean your Jews harp? I feel like you got a whole conversation. I mean that that conversation right there. Yeah. All right, so let's move on <laughs> to our next song. We got traveling prayer, freaking yeah. out of the gates, amazing. Yeah. And then what do we have after traveling prayer? I mean, I think I think we have, you know, we have every every late night bar sing along you've ever done. Yeah. Exemplified in one song. Let's talk about this. Okay. So the next song we have is basically title track. It's the title track. It's Piano Man. Now, we talked about last time like how I grew up with Billy Joel, how you grew up with Billy Joel. Yeah. You know, you are from the tri-state area, New York yep. City and and just outside of it. Um to me this was always just kind of like uh Billy Joel like this is Billy Joel, it's storytelling stuff. Mm-hmm. Billy Joel was something else to you, but I didn't really realize this. This yep. comes from a very personal part in his life. Well, it, and and it comes and, and this is where having listen to the first episode would come in handy it it comes from the period when he left new york to get away from already rip already rip yeah and family, family productions his yep. is cold spring harbor you know he got mad he threw it down the street mm-hmm. it was sped up goes to los angeles and obviously you know he he does secure a contract to make a major label album mm-hmm. but in the meantime he is a piano man He's playing at bars. He's using his talents and uh, he writes a very kind of poignant autobiographical song from it. Piano man. Mm. And okay. So he, let's just get into what the song is. Mm -hmm. He is a piano man, which is the person in the song. I always imagined for some reason, piano man taking place in New York. Mm. Um, I don't know why. Maybe because I knew he was from New York. But this like takes place, I guess, in L.A. Yeah. It talks about his like life being a piano man in L.A. Yeah. So it's like basically, um, what is that other instrument at the beginning? Is it a? Uh, it's not an accordion. But this this one right here, like you hear the piano. Well, he does yeah. a little. We got that little trill piano intro. riffs, yeah. and then. Oh, okay. It's. Oh, is that just a piano? Oh, it's a harmonica. 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 Yeah. So he's got a little harmonica. <laughs> the gentle harp. The, 
the Springsteen harp. <laughs> Although I will say, uh, Bob Dylan used the harmonica. So and he's, he's a Jewish a, man. He's Jewish. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Bob harp. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, so yeah, we get a little harmonica. Yeah. Very like a homey sounding thing. Yeah. And then he just starts talking about what's going on. I mean, you've yeah. all heard Panama. Yeah. He's just like. I mean, yeah. You know, what's interesting to me. Piano man, the actual music, not the actual subject matter, which, you know, it, the subject matter is a whole different story. I'll get sure. to it in a second. But the music, to me, piano man sounds like a sea shanty. Mm. Mm, it kind of does. You're right. I mean, it, it sounds I, I hear it and I picture people swaying back and forth, inebriated kind of belting something out yeah and it has this kind of lilting na, 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 na. it's kind of like sea shanty or kind of like like european soccer yeah. song oh, that you would play like yeah. what are those called like you know when people do their like you know what i'm talking about like yeah like I, I just forgot what they like call ole, ole, ole. yeah like that kind of thing or like people like people doing like bar songs together yeah i mean this is that was what I was going to get to. Yeah. This is the ultimate bar song. Yeah. I would put this. Not only a karaoke yeah. song, it's the whole bar singing together. The whole song. song yeah. And I, and I have to say, I've been in bars in my life where we've sung this together. I've been in bars where we've sung Bohemian Rhapsody together. I've been in bars where we've sung Don't Stop Believing. Yes. Don't Stop Believing. Totally. And, and I, Living I, on to, a Prayer. Living on a Prayer. Living on a Prayer, yeah. too. And those last three songs, not Bohemian Rhapsody, but th those last three songs, the one thing they have in common that I think is really interesting is this kind of like sadness. Yes. This idea of I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody is about a murder. Yeah. I but mean, it's, it's Bohemian Rhapsody is like absurd. It's, it's not. It's insane. That's a let's, lot to unpack. You're right. Let's, let's just skip it. Keep going. But like, you know, don't stop believing in this song. Just, it feels like people who are just nostalgic and have given up, Mm -hmm. but are still carrying this weird sense of pride mm -hmm. and it's weirdly ironic in the sense that like by singing it you're exemplifying what it's saying but yeah. you're also like fighting against it yeah dude you saying that is so true because i'm looking at the lyrics and like the end of the first verse he mm -hmm. says it, it, this there's an old man beside him making love to his tonic and gin yeah getting in there and uh, and uh and then he says can you play me a memory i'm not really sure how it goes it's sad and it's sweet mm -hmm. and i knew it complete when i wore a younger man's clothes yeah. that's like someone just being like take me back yeah to when things were good and right. they were a little sad but they're much sadder now because yeah. i want to go back to when it yeah. was good glory days is glory another... days it's glory days 100 yeah. percent. yeah and what's interesting is that like there's a sour sweetness to that in the sense that like you hear piano man, you hear the opening thing and you're at a bar and you, you, you know, the synapses in your brain fire and you actually feel depending on, you know, you might've been like abused in a cage and they played the song and it has very was. bad, you know, you were, <laughs> I was sorry. That's okay. I was, uh, I was actually in that closet where they took the picture of phantom Billy Joel. Yeah. That was the ghost <laughs> that haunted me. I was in there and they would hit me with sticks every day yeah. and he would haunt me. And yeah. all you could see in the dark was two almond eyes staring into your soul. <laughs> These hazel eyes just staring at me. I was like, Oh God, that's the piano man. No, but I think, I think if you have a nostalgia for this song, you're, it pulls this kind of neat trick by allowing you to kind of feel 
that nostalgia and that sadness that the characters in the song feel. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that Billy Joel's character at once thinks he's above this all, mm-hmm. but also kind of has low self-esteem and also like sees himself as he's self-pitying. I would say the narrator of the song is very self-pitying. Yeah, true. But knowing what we know about Billy Joel, knowing that, you know, this was the prelude to one of his biggest hits and a huge career, it kind of has this weird meta happy ending to it. Yeah. But dude, just taking this song on its own, like I see this character as someone who's like bitter and singing about these sad people, but Mm -hmm. also having kind of a a sweet place in his heart for them. But he's going to end up just like them. You know what's crazy? Follow me on this. But I feel like this is this. A modern, modern-ish, we're yeah. like 15 years past it now, but a modern-ish version of yeah. this song is LCD Sound System Losing My Edge. Okay. It, because, you're, because you said like he wrote this song mm-hmm. kind of like this was going to be his breakout, yeah. but it's kind of him sort of accepting like I'm in this sort of sad place. Yeah. Losing My Edge, LCD Sound System is James Murphy running a record label, trying to do all this yeah. stuff, and then his breakout hit ends up being a song about how he's old and washed up yeah. and the kids, the kids have already beat him. And right. but he keeps saying, but I was there. He's just yeah. reminiscing on all the cool things he's been a part of. Yeah. But now he knows that he's washed up. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one thing this song has that you're talking about uh, mm. that is, makes it a good bar song is the, Oh, la 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 dee, dee, da, oh, yeah. da. you need that thing. If you, you need a thing, this is, if you're ever going to yeah. do karaoke and you want to have a song go really well, mm-hmm. have a thing in your karaoke song that's either like a don't stop believing refrain that everyone can sing together or just have a thing where you can get everyone in the room to be like, oh, la da. Yeah. Everyone will start but singing. That's your sea shanty. That's your sea shanty. I'm reading here too. I guess Joel. He said at some point that he wrote the song in these five line groupings and they were more in the form of a, lim- a limerick than a typical poem. He does almost kind of throw on an accent at the beginning a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it does. And it is a limerick. It is a kind of like, here's a story about a man named this and he drank this thing and he did this thing. And now he's <laughs> it's like, that's I don't, that was not a limerick. I don't know what the fuck that was. But <laughs> that, was that was awesome. That's kind of the feel of each verse of this song yeah so i think like you could you could talk about this song forever we could do it's indelible like i think we all know it but i think i think just to move on and to keep things moving yeah um uh, the next track ain't no crime dude i talked about this on our last uh, our last episode and i know that maybe one person got it Mm -hmm. um i was talking about keith green who was a 1970s -hmm. religious singer and there was a song on Cold Spring Harbor that this song is that Keith Green song. And, and I'll find something. It matters to me and one other person. But the reason I bring it up is there was something going on in the 70s that was like, I'm a funky white piano guy. Boop, 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 yeah. boop, boop. This song is just like, it starts out. Yeah. It's just like, dude tickling the ivories yeah someone in the back playing a bass very high up mm-hmm. on their chest be like yeah and it's him this is this is i feel this is like white funk right here white piano funk i don't know what do you think about that it's interesting i i, I really because you know we listen to these albums a bunch of times the week mm-hmm. leading up to recording these I kind of latched on the lyrics a little bit more okay. this time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, you know, I'm not a lyrics person in general. Yeah. 
but yeah. I've kind of certain songs. That's what sticks out to me. The music, I think you're right. I think it's a very, it's a very like New Orleans like hmm, it actually is. It's like that kind of. I, I, there's a name for it, and there's a famous song, and you know this just shows yeah. how how little I know about music. But like, yeah, that's kind of the feel of it, which is great because I think that like we're three songs into this album, and like Cold Spring Harbor, beside like it had a very sameness to it. Yeah, and already we've been like, you know. <laughs> We got the Jew harp. We got the Jew harp bringing us in. We got the harmonica. In. Yep, the and Gentile harp. The, the new, yeah, it's we've already like established a wide palette of genres and feels. True. Yeah, but, he's, but to he, me, I mean, so the thing that stuck out to me, and I think this kind of is a, this is a running theme we'll see a lot in Billy Joel throughout his catalog, but it, it's alcoholism. Huh. Okay. The first verse of this song is you got to get yourself up in the morning, nine o'clock coming without any warning. And I, I, I hear that as, okay, like this is someone who <laughs> is kind of like they're drunk, but they know they have responsibilities. Like adulthood is, is yeah. now starting to rub up against their rambunctious youth. Yeah. And then ain't no crime is kind of not it's it's like I'm not going to apologize. This is who I am. Well, and if it wasn't clear enough, like you're you're kind of inferring like you gotta you gotta open your eyes in the morning. Mm -hmm. Nine o'clock's coming. You're like, okay, well, what's happening? Well, the next verse is you say you went out late last evening, did a lot of drinking, came home stinking, and fell asleep on the floor. That is alcoholism. That is that is a late night getting hammered. But then this is the thing he says. Ain't no crime. It's good to get it on and get a load off your mind. It ain't no crime. He's basically like, sometimes you got to go out and just freaking blow off some steam. You yeah. got to, and, and it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like a, uh, a working man song of like, yeah. Hey man, the daily grind. But like last night you had to go to the bar and see yeah. your buddies, go watch the Mets play yeah. and just, Hey, is it ain't no crime, ain't no crime. but you got to get back to the factory, yeah. my dude. Yeah. The song that it kind of most reminds me of is um, Harry Nilsson's "Gotta Get Up." Oh, I don't. I actually don't know that song. You do know that song. Like, did you see? Um, I know everybody's talking, which is also Harry Nilsson, right? Everybody's talking. I think it is. Uh, that's that's. Uh, I think that's Harry Nilsson. You but saw that's, Russian Doll. The, the Natasha Leone. Yeah, show? yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that that's you, the song? That's the song. It's Harry Nilsson. It's "Gotta Get Up." It's um, great. It's the first track on his only perfect album before he purposely blew out his vocal cord it's oh this yeah. song this has got to get a oh yeah. this song is oh i didn't know this was harry nilson yeah. but then it's it doesn't have some strings coming in oh, it's a beautiful song. gotta get up gotta get oh, out gotta get home for the amazing yeah but like this one is very much it's much more joel i mean we'll just mm-hmm. play a second that's the beginning of Ain't No Crime right there. That is just, that's, that's Joel. All right. Yeah. Let's hit the next one. We're going to wrap, we need to wrap up side one. You're my home. We got two more songs to side one. We do. Yeah. Uh, You're my home. Um, I would say, and I don't know because mm-hmm. this podcast is us learning about Billy Joel. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not an aficionado. I would say You're My Home is like a strong one. I don't feel like You're My Home. I feel like You're My Home, if you talk to a lot of Billy Joel fans, they'd be like, oh, yeah, You're My Home. That's a mm-hmm. sweet one. I don't feel like it's a Billy Joel yeah. powerhouse. I, I mean, to me, it's like, oh, this could 
this could have been on Cole's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does um, feel like that. The one thing that comes to mind listening to this, I forget where I was in my life, but I think, I, I think we have to talk about the fact that like many people, many of our listeners possibly, they have this kind of idea. Billy Joel is cheesy as hell. Yes. He's not cool. Right. And I think that's okay. Yeah. But I think that there's an early line in the song that really exemplifies that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, uh, it's the, I think it's the first line. It's, it's when you see the crazy gypsy in my soul, <laughs> I can't, I can't not hear that when it comes on and like kind of inwardly just groan a little bit. Do you think that means that he, he's just always on the road? Yeah, already we're talking about a Jews harp and a gypsy. So we're, we're getting into some dicey yeah. territory. This is like a Borat movie. <laughs> this is like a Borat movie. <laughs> 100%. Uh, yeah, um, I sell you my... my uh, you are the piano man, yes? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Terrible Borat accent. Um, You're my what home. <laughs> All right, sorry. Yeah. Right, that was terrible. Um, I want to like just get a sound. Even that this... Yeah, yeah. Already a different sound. It is. It's really, it feels like a John Denver song a little bit. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. you look Wait, into my eyes and you see the crazy gypsy in my <laughs> soul. Yeah, that's very cheesy. I just like it's cheesy. Um, yeah, this is just a love ballad. Um, yeah. it picks up later, right? Like, it picks up, but it feels like a 1970s movie where you've got a helicopter flyover mm-hmm. shot and they're following a car like through Kansas or something. Okay. I was about to say, you're like, you're describing The Shining. <laughs> it feels like it could have been in The Shining. Yeah, maybe. Like, no, the, You're My Home is a good song. I mean, yeah, I, it's a good I, song. It's sweet. And I will say like, like credit due to. No, to, to the, to the track order. Yes. I feel like. You know, you don't talk about this as much in the in the streaming era, but like track order is important. Yeah, it's you're building to have an a album. strong first track on a side. It's important to have a flow. Mm-hmm. And like here we are, we're like four songs in. Again, they're all different. Mm-hmm. This is the ballad that is most like Cold Spring Harbor, and it's the fourth track. Mm-hmm. You've gotten there. Yeah, and it's great. And then it leads into the the fifth track, which you know I would I would rank up there with the you know some of the most known Billy Joel songs. Yeah. So the fifth track, I, I'm, I have never said this before, but I'm mm-hmm. going to go ahead and call this the young guns of sure. this album because young guns is a movie about Billy the kid. So I'm yeah. going to say that. Yeah. But this is this, <laughs> or it's the Bon Jovi wanted dead or alive. <laughs> it's the, it's wanted dead or alive. Yeah. It's also Bon Jovi plays of glory. Young guns too. Oh, right. Shot down in a blaze of glory it's that oh god, oh, god. sorry um it's uh but it, it's another ballad but it's actually a storied ballad so it's kind of taking yeah. like he did a love ballad he did piano man yeah he's sort of wrapping these up in the kind of this like is a, a biographical kind of ballad what's he, interesting is I mean, he's referring know, to himself as billy the kid well that's what's interesting with this song is that the final <laughs> verse Mm-hmm. kind of it's almost like a like a movie where like the final thing is like oh now i get it like you're listening to the song you're like well why why is he singing about this outlaw i guess okay that's kind of weird mm-hmm. and then the final verse 
he's talking about a kid from Oyster Bay, Long Island with a six pack in his hand. Mm. It all kind of clicks to you. You're like, oh, shit, he's Billy the Kid. Wow. Oh, he's equating himself. Oh. And it kind of like, yeah, I I always love that part of the song. And it kind of always gives me not chills, but it gives me that moment of just like, oh, that's awesome. Well, it says he's for, it's from Oyster Bay, Long Island. I have something to yeah. read to you. This is straight out of Wikipedia, so anyone can read this. But it's very interesting. It says I wrote it this morning. I, I changed. The oh, answer. it's you. It's yeah. oh, the writer yeah. Bill Graham. No, no, no. Wikipedia is fine. Yeah, we love uh, you. So this writer Ken Bylan, he interpreted Billy the Kid. The final verse, like you said, it's a portrait of Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. It says, however, in the liner notes to his album Songs in the Attic, Joel claims Billy in the final verse is not himself, oh, wow. but a bartender who worked in Oyster Bay by the name of Billy Nostri. And then, and we're going to get into this in later episodes. Yeah. In an interview, in an interview, Billy Joel mentioned that the song was about a record was about record company PR hype. So that's what it's about. But then he says the, <laughs> the lyrics may have been inspired in part by the liner notes from his earlier two man album, Attila, oh my God. which go on and on about the history of Attila the Hun and then conclude Attila, the hottest band to come along since the Hun sacked Europe. Yeah. So like, it's possible that this is a callback to his band Attila, which was a failed band of his. Yeah. So like, there's so much in this last verse Yeah. about, I feel like this is, it is definitely him talking yeah. in many versions about himself, kind of like sure. rising up to, yeah. to take. But I just think, like history. as as a piece of fiction, that that point where you shift to the present is a, is kind of a cool moment. You know, you're you're in this historical fiction, and then all of a sudden you're like, it's contemporary. Yeah, it's wild. You know, real quick before we kind of wrap up side one, because yeah. uh, yeah, this bottle's bottle, almost done. Bottle of white's almost um, done. I want to talk about the music of Billy the Kid. Um, you know, we mentioned the piano trills in the beginning of Ain't No Crime were very kind of this New Orleans style. Yeah. To me, Billy the Kid is like, it's Aaron Copeland. Hey, explain what you mean by that. Um, well, Aaron Copeland is... I thought you meant Aaron Neville for a second. No, no, no. <laughs> the touch, the feel, the pattern, the perfect of our lives. <laughs> No, uh, Aaron Copeland, the, 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 you know, 19, I guess, 20s, 30s. I, I might be. He's like a ragtime piano guy. Ragtime piano, but also like uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. And uh, his, well, the famous one that it sounds like, I'm like totally. Okay. While, while you do that, I'm going to play a second of like, here's where we are. I, you know what this kind of gets me? Those just like dramatic things. Yeah. It reminds me of Wings, Paul McCartney, Live and Let Die. Yeah. And then it reminds me of Guns N' Roses covering it. Yeah. But there's definitely like a dun, dun. it's it's very yes. epic. It's very epic. So what's interesting is, you know, you gotta realize in the mid seventies we're in the era of prog. We're in the era of okay. not album oriented rock. It, it's these long suites that have different parts to them and they do stuff that's very orchestrated. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree that that kind of like, bow, 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 and the drum fills mm-hmm. are like very proggy mm-hmm. and they're very cool. Yeah. Um, I just looked up. So Aaron Copeland actually has a ballet, Billy the Kid. Oh, wow. So I think that it's, it's less of a, like a illusion and more of like, An oh homage. yeah, this is straight up. But if you look up, like I'll, I'll play um, Rodeo is 
the one that I'm thinking. Rodeo by Garth Brooks. <laughs> no. And the, and the song they call the rodeo. <laughs> it's a fire and I don't know what lyrics of that song, but I imagine um, you might recognize this song from the uh, the beef. Oh yeah, yeah. Wait, beef or pork? It's what's for dinner. No, beef oh, beef. It's what's for dinner. Pork's the other white meat. Yes. Um, is that Aaron Copeland? It's Aaron Copeland. There you go. Um, when the piano comes in. But anyway, that's the beginning of that song. But but the the piano parts of Billy Joel, Billy the Kid, the da na na da 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 That's very Aaron Copeland. Okay. To me, at least. Okay. So I think that, you know, as a classically trained pianist, mm -hmm. that was kind of his homage that he threw into this weird uh -huh. time hopping prog suite. Okay. Well, that is side one of side one of Piano Man by Billy Joel. Uh, we are going to take a break and we are going to come back with side two and a bottle of red. Ladies and gentlemen, what are you doing? What do you mean? I'm just keep it simple. I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Brav Bros. Two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude, stop with the voice. Just the vo keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Brav bros. Good job. So the bottle of red today is Cabernet Franc from Lo-Fi Wines. This is two friends out in Santa Barbara County, cooler climate area of California, making pure, fresh, simple farmer's wines, uh, lower alcohol, uh, lower tannin, just really drinkable wines. This is Cabernet Franc, which is known for being a more zesty, peppery red variety. You certainly get that here with some nice red fruit. Speaking of red, the label on this is so pretty. I think it's a vinyl record and, you know, even just the name Lo-Fi Wines, talking about scaling it back, bringing it down, you know, imperfections are okay, don't add a bunch of crap. Um, just, you know, the crackle of the record and the, the wine will make you feel great. Now we're back and we're ready for our side two and we're ready for our side two wine. So we're sticking with that uh, young California theme. Yep. Um, this we're one gonna... thing that's very interesting, and I don't know if this is a new wine thing or like an environmental thing. Neither of these wines have had foil. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, you're seeing, I mean, this is a, our first one was a low shoulder bottle of wine. This one is a clear bottle of wine with the red. So it's not tinted. So you see the color of the red. Oh, let's get this. Go for it. Oh, yeah. Mm. Good, good pop. Good pop. Hell of a pop. Uh, yeah, no foil, though. No foil at all. Yeah. So, um, which I'm okay with. I think, you know, in the professional sommelier world, uh, cutting the foil is a very practiced uh, art. I think from the master sommelier test, you're supposed to be able to do the, you know, the blade mm -hmm. on a wine key. You're supposed to be able to do one fluid motion and cut even without anything and then be able to pull the little thing off so that the, you know, the, the, it almost like has a turtleneck. Yeah. That's the proper way to do it. 
I guess you could practice it. I guess you could, you know, impress people. But like when it comes time to like, this is a bottle of wine that I'm drinking myself. I'm not serving it to someone in a restaurant. Just pull the fucking foil off. Pull it off. Don't go with the turtleneck. Pull the shirt off. Get the shirt off the wine. That's what you got to do. We need we need more uh, Tim Cook than uh, Steve Jobs. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very, (sighs) very light wine. Super light wine. You can already tell. Yeah. I almost feel like the 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 slight redness of the white we had kind of balances the, the lighterness of <laughs> Lighter, this wine. Yeah. So. yeah, you can kind of almost see through this. It looks like it looks like communion grape juice, kind of. Yeah. All right, so let's give this a sip real quick, and then we're gonna get in the second thing. Give a sniff. Very fruit forward. Hmm. Mm. Got a little effervescence on the tongue. I'm getting a little bit a of that. Tiny bit. Oh, yeah. Very funky. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting is it's it's light, it's almost purple, but it's light, and you're yeah, and you're is. expecting like a Pinot Noir, and like the big thing about Pinot Noir to the nose is supposed to be like pencil shavings, mm-hmm. and like you get some of that in this on the back end, yeah, you get a little bit of that pencil shavings, a little bit, but it's also like it's very fruit forward, as they mm-hmm. say, it's very, yeah, it's a nice fruity wine, and it's not. It's not too kind of strong, and there's very little back end. Yeah, like it doesn't. It's not tannic at all. Mm-hmm. There's no bitterness. I could probably drink this as I would a rosé, or and and so the instructions were to chill this. Yeah, we didn't do that. We didn't chill it, but a lot of <laughs> yeah, oh, we we did not follow the instructions. Yeah, um, yeah, but a lot of these wines, you you can you can put a slight chill on them. They're mm-hmm. good. I, I remember. Sometimes people were like, don't chill your red. Chill hey, yeah. your red. Chill your red. Give it a you light chill. Especially if it's a lighter red, give it a chill. Give it a chill. Give it a chill. And guess what? If you don't, worst comes to worst, you enjoy it anyway. That and speaking of worst comes to worst. Oh. Thank you to Lo-Fi Wines. Getting us into worst comes to worst. Side B, mm-hmm. worst comes to worst. I loved this song. I it's great. It was great. Yeah. Um, you brought this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we were on the mics, but you were saying there's a lot of references to other states to traveling. I mean, the first yeah. song on this album is "Traveling Prayer." Yeah. Um, and uh, this song he talks about like I got a woman in New yeah. Mexico. Like, there's something yeah. about it, this is kind of like a, a, a there's mm-hmm. there's there's like escapism in this album, or not even escapism, but there's kind of like yeah, there, there's. I don't. I forget how to describe Cold Spring Harbor, but there's something about this. Definitely feels like a Going West album for some reason. Yeah, it does feel like a Going West album, yeah. and, it, and it feels like, well, uh, yeah, it it, it kind of has a Western kind of uncharted territory. Obviously, Billy the Kid is a Western in the most literal sense, right. but yeah, I, that line always stuck out me too and it's never really explained and i don't really know if if there's any kind of like answer of what that means Mm -hmm. like did he meet a groupie uh to me i don't i don't know what you took away to me the song is basically like hey i'm giving this music thing a shot but worst comes to worst i can still uh i can still figure it out i I can i can still you know Go down to New Mexico and live on that farm with that girl I met. That's totally it. I mean, yeah. like the the first lyrics are like, "Today I'm living like a rich man's son. Tomorrow mm-hmm. morning I could be a bum. Doesn't matter which direction, though. I got a woman. In, I know a woman in New Mexico. Yeah. I think it's like he's. This is him kind of like striking out. Which, like, I think this record was probably that. It's him being like, "Yeah, I'm going all in. 
I'm putting my chips on the table. Mm-hmm. You know, like the 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 second thing is he's like, oh, and if I don't have a car, I'll hitch. I got mm-hmm. a thumb, and she's a son of a bitch. Yeah, and he can just freaking he can pull over anyone with that freaking yeah. thumb. And uh, I do my writing on my road guitar. I make a living at a piano bar. This is his like striking out song. Yeah, he's the piano man. I mean, he is. That's what he is. I, I you know, this is. This is almost the flip side of if if Piano Man is about this kind of like self-resignation of is this my fate? Am I going to end up like everyone else? Like worst comes to worst is the ripcord. It's the like, mm. well, fuck it. I'm, uh, you know, that didn't work out. I'm going to live my life. I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm going to call it at some point and yeah. I'm going to go to New Mexico. And yeah, but I also think I mean, there's something very mystical about that part like this the the kind of southwest area and Mm -hmm. this kind of brings us to our next song which you know is a little more explicit stop in nevada man this song this is one of my favorite songs on this album yeah i gotta be honest and it's also you know what's awesome about this song is like i don't really know what it's about it's very cryptic i think i know what it's about oh it makes me very sad. I'll say that to start mm-hmm. with. Uh, this song is about a woman who got married. I'm assuming young. Mm-hmm. They had probably did about two and a half years into the marriage. Yeah, it kind of never really hit off for for mm-hmm. wherever, like for for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and then she was just like, "This is not going to work." Mm-hmm. He doesn't get me. I we tried to make it work. And she heard she she's coming from the East Coast, I'm guessing. Yeah. And she kind of had she's heard about this other life in California Mm -hmm. and she's on a road trip. She's left her husband Mm -hmm. or they've called it quits or whatever. Yeah. I don't understand the stop in Nevada. I, (laughs) I thought it was Vegas. I don't know. I don't know either. So that's what you don't understand. Then we don't understand the same. Yeah. (laughs) You picked up. I'm like, hey, there's a song. It's called Stop in Nevada. I, I don't understand. I'm Corey Cavett. I understand it. I don't. I don't know. Well, I don't know why she stopped it. You know, there's references to like what she has in her pocket. Yep. She left her husband. She has like, you know, whatever money she was able to get out of that thing. Mm-hmm. She's going to stop in Nevada and double it or triple it in mm-hmm. Vegas so that she has a nice nest egg for herself. Maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> it turns out I know what the song is. Turns about. out that I thought I did, but you don't. I mean, I did read this uh, somewhere. It said this song was inspired by the music scene in LA in the 60s. Okay. And it says if you listen closely, you can hear Joel putting on an accent in the beginning. Uh, I don't know if that's okay. true. I feel like you kind of hear him do that all the time. I mean, like, yeah, maybe, yeah. We always found it hard to take a. This song's great. I mean, this right here. Listen to advice. This kind of goes back to Cold Spring Harbor a little bit. Yeah. He's, this kind of reminds me of She's Got Away. What's interesting is that the perspective of the song is not the woman. It's the man it's she the left. Man. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You always find it hard to take her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's coming from his feelings. What's that? Yeah, it's about him. It's about him, yeah. Which I don't think is like a, a kind of chauvinistic thing. I think no. it's, it's more just like... Oh, look, he's he's seeing her in a new light now that she's gone. This is what he's missing. I mean, it's definitely got it has a like women's liberation thing, too, mm-hmm. where it's like, 
It's been a long time coming, but she's feeling like a woman tonight. Yeah. Like she's feeling, she's like, I'm finally feeling like mm. myself. Yeah. She left a little letter. Like she leaves him a Dear John letter. Mm. She tells him she's making a stop in Nevada. It says she says she's going to make a stop in Nevada. So he knows. Yeah, it could be in the letter. I don't know. Maybe they buried a time capsule there. Yeah. They you do. think she's going to dig it up? Yeah. <laughs> and she's going to dig up those old rocks and that roll of film. I think that's what she's going to find. She put a Cracker Jack prize in a bottle and buried it down. Like, I wonder if the woman in Stop in Nevada, mm-hmm. I wonder where she is 10 years after she stops in Nevada. If she ever made it to California. Yeah, she's in the piano bar. Yeah, I think. That's true, though. That's a really good point. Like, she ends up being in the piano bar. She's she, talking to Davey, who's still, who's in, still the Navy. in the Navy. And she is now a Navy wife for life. Yeah. She is. Navy right. wives on A&E. Navy wives. This month on A&E, after Army wives, but right before <laughs> National Guard gals. It's <laughs> such a good show. All right. Let's, Coast let's... Guard coochies. <laughs> Any after dark Coast Guard coochies. <laughs> Ooh, they are. <laughs> they're only on the coast. They got the loose. <laughs> coast Guard coochies. Twelve thirty on the National Guard channel on Andy. And daytimes for the kiddos. It's the Marine Muppets. <laughs> All right, so if I only had the words to tell you, song eight out of a ten song album. Yeah. This this is another. I don't really know what to say about the song. I, I think you got to take the reins on this one. I was about to say the same thing. Oh, great. Okay, so we'll, so it's a good point because we've talked about this yeah. on the podcast. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the concept of the album, and you are you are someone who's educated me on this. I, I kind of thought about this today. I've, I've made a few playlists for people. Yeah, in the streaming era, and um, when you're making an album like this, mm-hmm. you're sort of creating a tailored playlist Mm -hmm. of original music so it's like an album an album is like it's like a movie Mm -hmm. it's like a set when you go see a band you're creating a mood yes and i think this song Mm -hmm. you've had you've had some bangers you've had you you come out at number two with the title side side one is near perfect Mm -hmm. um it's perfectly balanced it feels like it's well done we talked about this last week, but Cold Spring Harbor kind of falters pretty early. Yeah. This to me, the, the, the two faltering tracks are If I Only Had the Words and Somewhere Along the Line. Mm. This album finishes strong. We'll get to it with Captain Jack. Good God. But I feel like everything else in the album is really together. Yeah. But like what makes a classic album, like think about the best albums you've ever heard. You know every track. And while you're listening to this album all the way through and a track's about to end, your brain is primed to know like the mood shift to the next track. And it feels preordained. It feels like this is the only way it could be. Right. And I think it's a very rare thing to have an album do it. Mm-hmm. But I do think what ended up happening in the vinyl era is that you'd, you'd get albums where like one side was perfect and the other was fine. Yeah, totally. Like, I, I recently listened to the first Boston album. Oh, wow. Side one of the first Boston album is is as close to perfect the side of, of vinyl you can get. Mm-hmm. 
and side two is great but it's it's not it's not side one yeah yeah uh if i only had the words to tell you clearly we're both feeling like it's a fatigue yeah yeah we're wanting to get to captain jack i mean this is like this is what you get into if i only had the words to tell you if you only knew how hard it is to say it's about it's Ballantown. Yeah. Somewhere along the line. Let's get to that. Okay. <laughs> okay. What do we have to say about this? Oh. I feel like it's also kind of Ballantown. Yeah. It starts off with <laughs> He does he does some storytelling on this album. Mm-hmm. Um this is another one that is a little more storytelling. I feel like I mean, even just the looking at the lyrics, it's it's longer and more drawn out than uh, uh, "Stop in Nevada." Yeah, and it doesn't have the gravitas to me that "Stop in Nevada" has. Right. It's a little more. We're just kind of getting to the of the album, and it's not bad. Yeah. But, I mean, to to make to make an analogy to the wine we're drinking, it's like you know, you call it the dregs. Yeah. I don't know. I. It's fine. I I just think that the first half of this album is so strong mm-hmm. that yeah, I mean these all blur together. Although I will say this, mm-hmm. in somewhere along the way, he says, "Giving over to the currents that were there since time began, mm-hmm. and on a long drive from El Paso mm-hmm. to the Pacific Ocean cliffs, he's still continuing we're still in that realm. Yeah. yeah, we're in the we're in the West Coast realm. So he's got yeah. this kind of West Coast Southwest thing Southwest, going on. Yeah, yeah, he's doing that." All right. Okay. I, I'll say this. <laughs> Maybe we're skipping over a little bit of somewhere along the way. Yeah. We might be missing some things there. I'll say that. It's fine. But, but we got to get to something. That's there's some There's some fans important. right here who like only tune into this episode because they're like, I really want some insight on somewhere along the way. Yeah. Well, you know what? Fuck we, you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You said it. <laughs> all right the album closes out which here's is, the thing this b-side is always going to be a little rowdy because we're on our second bottle hey, of wine hey, so you, you gotta know it yeah b-side second bottle b-side's red <laughs> side bro come on get on board listen this uh, album ends with with <laughs> if there if there's ever been i don't know what to compare this to i was gonna mm-hmm. say it's like a billy joel banger but this one is i mean th- this is classic joel and i'll also say this yeah you talk to most people you, mm-hmm. you talk to the casual Billy Joel. Dude. i would say yeah. you talk to your parents you talk to like uh let's say you're in your 20s or your 30s you talk to someone who is around when joel was around yeah i would say they if they're not a fan they might know this song right but this is not a song that they they're not this is not a for the longest time no. a radio hit it, no. of, this is not one they're going to really talk to you about. This is the doors, the end of Billy Joel. Okay. Like it's bleak. It's dark. It's the final track of an album, like a breakthrough early album. And it's, it's kind of like, I don't know. It, it, it's the perfect final track. I actually leading up to this episode, when we started to prep, if you had asked me what album Captain Jack is on, I would have said, oh, it's The Stranger, which I think is the strongest Billy Joel album. Because yeah. I just am like, yeah, that's right up there with scenes from an Italian restaurant. It's right up there with like those kind of proggy, epic, mm-hmm. you know, 
things, but here it is at the end of Piano Man, and it's bleak. It's kind of a. It's hard to kind of like grasp what it's really about. There's a lot of imagery that is kind of like sad and down and out, mm-hmm. and it just works. And it also just like. I don't know. Musically, what does it for me on this song are not the lyrics, not the verses. It's it's that guitar line that comes behind the chorus. Yeah, we're that, talking like, about Captain Jack. We we mentioned yeah, we just like we kind of just went in, but yeah, you mentioned still talking it. about somewhere along the line here. Folks. Somewhere along the line. No, we're talking about Captain Jack. Captain yeah, Jack. it's it is. You're right. It does mm-hmm. have that. This you know what this kind of reminds me of. Mm-hmm. We've talked this whole time about like his Out West kind of album. Mm-hmm. This feels like we're back in Long Island. 100%. This is back in Long this Island. This is 100% back in Long Island. 100%. This, this is kind of his back to his roots kind of thing. It, but it's back to the roots, but it's almost like it's almost like alternate reality. Yeah. It's like as down and, and kind of detached as things are in Long Island or in L.A. Yeah. with like, you know, being at the piano bar and all these things. It's almost like he's viewing this alternate reality where it's like, what if I stayed in Long Island? Mm. And instead of it being like, what if I stayed in Long Island? Oh, it would have been nice. I would have settled down. I would have had a kid. It's like, no, it's fucking sad. Yeah. Like we have image. Like you could list what you have in the song that is very explicit. Like not even like allusions. Like masturbation. I was about to say suicide, we got we, we got to talk about that heroin. One. Yeah, drinking. It's just <clears throat> all right on the surface of this song. Yeah, yeah totally. And it's just like it's a loser's anthem. But yeah. at the same time, what what to me is so subversive about the song is like that the chorus of Captain Jack will get you high tonight. There's a guitar line behind it that is triumphant. Yeah. It's it's just like it 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 just kind of strikes this weird feeling of like what it must be like to just give in to your to your worst addictions and your worst impulses. This this kind of weirdly, I mean, we're definitely back mm-hmm. in Long Island because he talks about going to the village. But like, this yeah. kind of feels like if Billy Joel um, was able to merge himself with Lou Reed. Oh, completely. It, and it, what's interesting, it, like, yeah, Lou Lou Reed is almost a more Long Island character than Billy Joel is. Yeah, that's true. But like Lou Reed, you know, he was also like going to Harlem and getting heroin and. You know, he lived. Wait, that. that's what that song "Heroin's" about? Him going to Harlem getting heroin? No, waiting for my man. I was talking waiting for about. my man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I mean, Her- heroin. Heroin's is about doing heroin. Heroin is about doing heroin and putting it in your veins. But like waiting for my man is like about going to Harlem yeah. and getting heroin. Go yeah. up to Lexington one two five. I got it wrong. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but yes, that's what it is. They're both about. That. As obli- yeah, as as straightforward as that is, there's a more straightforward song that's literally called heroin. Yeah. <laughs> but. but yeah. So what's interesting is is out of all these things that are in the song, like what obviously we did some research, but what did you kind of like go through your life thinking Captain Jack was? So I, the Captain Jack is kind of someone who's been left to his own devices. Probably could have used a little more direction. So wait, so you see Captain Jack as the main character? I do. Interesting. I do. I see Captain Jack. I see this song because it's like Saturday night. You're still hanging around. You're tired of living in one. You think the narrator of the song is Captain Jack? No, I think the narrator of the song is talking to Captain Jack. Sparrow. 
Captain Jack Sparrow. Captain Jack Sparrow. Because <laughs> what I see it as yeah. is I see the narrator speaking to Captain Jack about his life, mm-hmm. being like, I think he, he used the word loser in it. I think he he mm-hmm. basically, I don't know if he does use the word loser, but he's basically just like, he's he's like, you pick your nose. Mm-hmm. You know, I think well, that's he, a, that to me is like what under that's heroin. That's oh, I thought it was like cocaine or something like that. Because the nose, but no, it's heroin. Okay, it's like a junky heroin thing. Okay, but like I anyway, I I thought it was a narrator being like, I'm 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 kind of talking down to you, but like whatever, we'll get yeah. you high tonight. You'll do your thing. Oh, what so, do you, you, what, so you do think the narrator is the drug dealer? Oh, I never thought about that. Oh, I thought the narrator was Billy Joel. <laughs> Talking about Captain Jack. Well, yeah, I. To so me, yeah, tell me what you're thinking. To me, Captain Jack, like. I mean, just a little push and you'll be smiling. Yeah, that's that's um, heroin. That's heroin. Yeah, I mean, so Captain Jack is. I mean, that's that's the kind of canon understanding of this is Captain Jack is a drug dealer who will get this guy high, but Captain Jack can be anything. Like everyone has their Captain Jack. Mm. Like Captain Jack could be jacking off. Captain Jack could be Jack Daniels. These are all things that people thought this song was about for a little while. And I think what's interesting is that to me, the narrator of the song is the guy who's out in Long Island who's bored and his dad killed himself and he's figuring out his life and he's just getting high. Mm. And the the song is is drenched with self-pity. Mm. it's just such a self-pitying shitty song but at its base the character is just fooling himself jeez yeah i mean that's what that's that's my take on it is that here's this person who all they're doing you know they're affluent enough there's that line about like new english clothes like they're not they're not you know from a poor area they they live in a, a suburban area of long island they're a loser. They don't know what they're doing, but they're kind of embracing that. Mm-hmm. And all they're doing is waiting to get high. And this song is like their self-pitying, like, oh, woe is me. Mm-hmm. But in reality, they're just a junkie getting high. I mean, I will say this. As we're talking about it, mm-hmm. I am realizing, like, yeah, it's <laughs> the narrator. I don't know if the narrator is Captain Jack or not, but the no, vo- he's t- I mean, the voice of the song yeah. is speaking to a sad person going through their life, kind of biding their time. Yeah. It says you're 21, so it's not like it's yeah. like a 45 year old person. It's in second but it, but person, it's, so it's it's like you yeah. do this, you do this, you do this. But to me, it's like you're talking to yourself. It okay? Yeah, I think it's yeah, sure. Because you, I, guess I mean, you, look anyone's interpretation is as good as anyone's else but i that's how i've always kind of like made my peace with it i i i sort of thought it was like the narrator talking to a sad just basically telling a tragic story yeah and then and as they tell it's like but don't worry captain jack will get you high so the you in your view it's interesting in your view the uh the narrator is the pusher they are captain jack and they are basically I like I don't know. The client comes to them, and they're basically like saying, "Here's your life. I know you. I gotta you be this. You do this. You did this. But I'll get you by." So I need to be honest about this. Mm-hmm. I when I first heard the song, I don't yeah. remember when. I had thought 
He says, Captain Jack will get you high. W-E apostrophe L-L. Captain Jack, or I had thought Captain Jack was the subject of the song. <laughs> Not Captain Jack will get you high. Yeah. Captain Jack will get you high tonight. So, so <laughs> that's what I thought it said at first. Hey, hey Captain Jack, hey, hey, we'll get you high tonight. Hey, we'll get you a slice. We'll get yeah. you high tonight. We'll get you, we'll get you something to eat. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. That's kind of what I thought. Oh my God! I mean, wow, it really, but that's it, as valid as it. Like that's the beauty of songs. Yeah, and it, that's the beauty of like you know lyrics. I've come around. I've used to hate lyrics, but like they're poetry, and you can interpret mm-hmm. them any way you want. And no yeah. one's interpretation is any more valid than anyone else's. Well, what's interesting is it says in a 2019 interview on his 70th birthday, he was like, "I'm Captain Jack." <laughs> yeah, it's about me. The song is about Captain Morgan. The spiced rum captain. Uh, he said that he doesn't play the song anymore because yeah. he says it didn't age well. Captain Jack's been re- prom- demoted to Private Jack. In the verses, only two. In the verses, only two chords. It goes on and on. It's kind of a dreary song if you go lyrics. And he's like, the kid is sitting at home jerking off. His father's dead in the swimming pool. He lives a dull life. Mm-hmm. One of the last times I was singing the song, I said, "This is really depressing." The only relief is you get when the chorus kicks in. Yeah. When I'm doing the song, I kind of feel dreary and I don't like the song anymore. Although we'll probably do it again. To me, I, yeah. I have to say, like, I agree. It's mm-hmm. dreary. It, there's a major lift when the chorus comes in. Yeah. But I, I feel like it's one of his, uh, speaking to someone who does yeah. the whole catalog, I think it's probably one of his best songs ever. And it's kind of the same thing. Like, we, I think we were talking about this before we recorded again. We were talking about, like, different movies, like Boogie mm-hmm. Nights oh, yeah. by Paul Thomas Anderson. Mm-hmm. is a depressing movie mm-hmm. but it 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 talks so much about stuff like this and yeah like people at the end of the rope and stuff and like this is a really depressing song yeah but like when you get that lift mm-hmm. in the chorus it is a real lift but also if you really look at the like what the song's about that real lift is also depressing because sure. that real lift is about someone getting high so it's like it's it's yeah. a, it's a tragic song but that tragic song can like speak to better things i think i you know we're talking we we briefly alluded to this in the last episode but there is a anecdote that is 100 percent true so um hillary rodden clinton uh the politician when she first ran her senate in new york she had a rally and uh, at the time, I believe she was running against uh, Rudy Giuliani. Yep. Uh, I can't not ever say his name without some sort of <laughs> laugh at this point. But uh, at that point, you know, the big criticism of her was that she was not a New Yorker. She had picked New York because it was a liberal area. She'd moved to Westchester and kind of that was why she was running for New York. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that she would do at her rallies is play Billy Joel's New York State of Mind, which, you know, we'll, we'll have that on an upcoming album. Right. It was, uh, I believe it is on Turnstiles. Yeah. One night, uh, she had a rally, and for some reason, and th- this is 100% true, even though it sounds like it's like a plot from Veep, mm-hmm. she did not play New York, New York State of Mind. She played Captain Jack. So there was a moment where she had a rally and, you know, when she finished or 
you know, as she was waiting to go on, it was supposed to be like, I'm in the New York state of mind. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Politicians, blah, blah, blah. But instead it played Captain Jack. (laughs) A song about, you know, getting high tonight. Your dad's dead in the swimming pool. You masturbate. Right. You know, it's pretty like, it's pretty not the message you want to. I would say it's probably a song that's pretty true to the underbelly of politics. Yeah. It's probably that. Yeah, but, but it's also like someone probably got fired because of that. Oh, dude. But you just like it's one of those things where you're like, what happened? Did they cue like because this is the 90s. This isn't like, you know, we have Spotify, and we have playlists and we have a whole thing. Someone probably had a CD and they're like, yeah, play track three. It's like Billy Joel's greatest hits. Right? Yeah, play track three. And the oh, guy plays track gosh. four. It's like oh, something no. as stupid as that. And it was just a very like opposite message you're hillary clinton on stage yeah you're trying to like shake hands and smile mm-hmm. and just yeah <laughs> in the background the lyrics for captain jack are played yeah oh my gosh and then you'll get bi- you high tonight and bill was backstage going, oh it's a pretty good song i love this song this is this is amazing right listen hey look at my english clothes right now i wish i could give a saxophone solo to this song. i would love to do that hey look at your hair and your toes what's your deal how are you doing yeah it was uh that, that uh special. you want to look it up it's it, it's it's all there on the internet um there's there's a video of of new york mayor rudy giuliani uh kind of talking and using that as a uh, campaign thing and you know i don't know your opinions on politics or whatnot but it, it, it hey. i hey. don't know i don't know your opinions on politics but if you want to hear rudy giuliani talk about <laughs> captain jack <laughs> i don't care who you are that's 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 just an entertaining thing it's fine talk yeah that's it. true yeah, totally. yeah all right so we've gone through Piano Man. Yes, I would. I would. I would use the word a seminal album for Billy Joel. I would yeah. say it's a seminal album. Maybe I would say so. one of his most important. Albums. Yeah, I would definitely, definitely say so. Um, I'm sure at some point we can like rank them in our heads. I right. would. I. I would say this is like. This is it. You look at the track list. I think there's at least three and possibly four songs that anyone who has like a passing understanding of Billy Joel would be like, Oh yeah, I know that song. A hundred percent. And I think that that's, it's great for for his second album for the, his big studio kind of debut. Mm -hmm. This was a huge major statement. This is a huge deal. If you're him, I don't know how old the Joel was at this point. Mm -hmm. He was, I think he was uh, early mid twenties. This is, pretty massive to like put this out at this point of him of him doing this you know so yeah it's it's uh yeah huge huge album for the joel um so then i guess the question is he finishes this he's in la he finishes uh Mm -hmm. where do we go from here i guess next time we'll be talking about street life serenade yeah well before we get to it uh we've had a bottle of white and a bottle of red indeed uh thank you so much to celery wines in Brooklyn, new york and uh thanks for uh listening to us talk about uh the albums of billy joel yeah bill this has been fantastic Corey, this has been joel
Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Captain Bill will get you high tonight. Masturbate. There we go. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. This has been Bottle of White, Bottle of Red, hosted by Bill Granberg and Corey Cabin. The podcast is produced by Jeremy Balin. If you enjoyed this episode, check us out on the socials at Rose Instead. That's Rose underscore Instead on Instagram and Twitter. The podcast is part of the Seltzer Kings Network. For more information on the wines featured in this podcast, check out Celery.com. That's C-E-L-L-A-R-Y.com. Thanks for listening.